Justify My Love by Madonna was released in November 1990 and bookended the first cycle of her career whilst paving the way for the next. It would be yet another number one single on the US Billboard Hot 100 and would help to take the singer's first greatest hits compilation, The Immaculate Collection, to the top of the charts around the world. So far, it has sold close to 6 million copies in the US and meanwhile, in the UK, it is the biggest selling album by a solo female artist in history, the 4th biggest selling greatest hits album and the 12th biggest selling album of all time in that territory. The song was co-written and produced by Lenny Kravitz, who would also sing on the track, and he and Madonna would also create a complete reworking of the song, which would become known as The Beast Within. Justify My Love would shock listeners with its blatant sexual content as Madonna no longer employed metaphor and innuendo, but gave a very direct message of the song's meaning. But the greatest controversy would be over the video when it was banned from MTV for its apparent lewd imagery and would remain unplayed by the network until 2002. Beautifully directed by Jean-Baptiste Mondino and shot in the Hôtel Place de la Concorde in Paris, it feels rather mild today and it's surprising that it was ever considered too steamy back then. At the time, Madonna noted the hypocrisy, which saw the channel play videos which featured violence or degradation to women, but refused to show two girls kissing or two men snuggling. In the end, the song was released as a video single, earning the performer more money than she would have otherwise received. Whilst the European release cheekily included Madonna's masterful performance of Vogue from the MTV VMAs held in September. But the song was also shrouded in more scandal, as three separate legal claims were issued against the track. One was from the writer of the song, whose input was not credited, another from the associate producer, and the third was for the looped beat which plays throughout the entirety of the song. We'll be listening to that and other isolated tracks from the recording which took place in August 1990. So for now, sit back, listen, what are we going to do? We are going inside the groove. Hello, my name is Edward Russell. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. As ever, it's been great to hear the wonderful things you've been saying about it on social media. But a couple of you have also been confused by some of the things that I said in the last episode, which dealt with Live to Tell. First up, I implied that Madonna's appearance on Saturday Night Live in 1985 was on the very, very first edition of the show. What I actually meant to say was that it was the season premiere. Saturday Night Live has been going since the mid-70s, of course. So if anybody has lost sleep over that fact, I really hope that you can get a peaceful night this evening. Another outright and outrageous mistake by me was when I said that Live to Tell was the first song that gave Madonna a credit as a producer. Of course, it was actually Into the Groove. I'm really sorry, I got that wrong. And if it's any consolation, I will definitely, definitely be covering Into the Groove in one of these podcasts soon. As ever, many of you have been suggesting the songs that you'd like me to cover in this podcast, and I really enjoy hearing what you've got to say. To be clear, not every song will work. For example, if there isn't really a story behind the creation of the particular track, or if a demo or multi-track recording isn't available to me, I can't really cover it. But that doesn't mean that there won't be quite a few episodes to come up, so please keep making your suggestions. 
The next episode will be a special bonus beats edition where I'll be speaking to somebody with quite a lot of Madonna knowledge and I'll be telling you all about that at the end of this episode. But for now, let's focus on this week's song, Justify My Love. So the song's story begins in the late 1980s with performer Ingrid Chavez. Now she was a protégé, I guess, and a former girlfriend of Prince. And together they'd been recording an album of Ingrid's poetry, uh, along with music, at Paisley Park Studios. Um, This had been put on hold because Prince was filming his movie Graffiti Bridge, and Ingrid played the love interest in that movie. And during the filming, Ingrid met Lenny Kravitz, a rock singer, and they had a brief, intense relationship. During that, Lenny invited her to come to the studio to listen to a track he was recording with producer Andre Betts, and then she was invited to put a vocal on. Now, she had a letter to Lenny with her, which she had written but never sent, and she basically read this out, and that formed the basis of the song Justify My Love. So Lenny used this song in an attempt to try and get a record deal for Ingrid, but wasn't successful. And eventually their relationship sort of fizzled out and she even changed her number. And she didn't hear from Lenny again until the premiere of Graffiti Bridge, when Lenny turned up at her hotel room and told her that Madonna was going to be recording the song. In the book Like an Icon, which is written by Lucy O'Brien, and remember that name because I'll be coming back to it, Ingrid says... He asked me to sign a document saying that I'd get 12.5% of the publishing royalties, but no credit. So Ingrid sort of felt pressured to sign it and gave away everything, I guess. We don't know exactly when Madonna recorded her vocals. We know that Ingrid was invited along to the studio around the time of the final mixes, which was Madonna's 32nd birthday, actually, the 16th of August. And given that Blonde Ambition had only ended in Nice, France, on the 5th of August, I guess Madonna's vocals were probably recorded in the following 10 days or or, or what have you. Ingrid told Lucy, She did an amazing job of copying my vocals. I couldn't even tell the difference between her voice and mine. It was exactly like the demo. She got the honesty of the song, the intense emotion and the real strong desire. Smart move on her. She's always been smart. She's always just taken that thing that was unique that would take her to another place musically. So the song is kind of based around a single repetitive beat and Andre Betts claims to have helped develop that. In return, he was promised a co-producer credit and half of the producer royalties. In the end, he was only given an associate producer credit and no money. Now, had that gone to court, I think it would have been very difficult for Andre to prove that he had helped construct that beat because it's quite clearly a sample from another song, Public Enemy's Security of the First World, which is a sort of two-minute instrumental track that had appeared sort of as a hidden track on one of their previous albums. And if you want to know what that sounds like, it sounds like this. Almost the same, not identical, but I'm pretty sure it's the same recording. So I really want to try and explain a little bit about music copyright. Um, I worked for a publishing company in the 1990s, so I've got a fair bit of experience in the matter. In fact, one of the artists at our group of companies was Prodigy, and their album The Fat of the Land was Litter Samples, so it's a subject that came up a lot. 
So music copyright essentially has two elements. There is the recording of the piece of music, the CD, the audio file, or what have you, and the technical term here is the master. And then there is the song. Uh, that's its melody, its lyrics, its structure. The proper name for this is the tune. Now, the song, the tune, can be performed anyway, whether it's with a piano and a singer, or on a guitar, or recorded with a full band. But when we talk about sampling, we're referring to the actual particular recording. Well, there is also a claim that the Public Enemy song isn't original, as it includes a sample of James Brown's Funky Drummer. Well, it certainly inspired that, but I don't think it's a sample at all. To me, it sounds like either the Lin or the Oberheim DMX drum machine with an additional snare drum, which is playing a similar rhythm to the James Brown track. I appreciate I might be going a bit too deep for some of you, but let's listen to James Brown's funky drummer. Do you recognize it? This breakbeat has been sampled in some other Public Enemy tracks. Um, and one of my all-time favourite songs, Freedom 90 by George Michael. It became quite a thing to do to take cool-sounding drum beats from 70s tracks recorded from vinyl and put them into new music. This is a very famous one. I'm going to play you the breakdown. It's a song called Ashley's Row Clip by The Soul Searchers. It's been used in Set Adrift on Memory Bliss by PM Dawn. Go You Know It's True, Millie Vanilli, and um, Paid in Full by Eric B. and Joachim. But what about this one? This is a song called Hot Pants. It's the bonus beats version by Bobby Bird. It's been used in so many tracks. Where should we start? Step Back in Time by Kylie. Happening All Over Again by Lonnie Gordon. Fool's Gold by The Stone Roses. Pump Up the Volume by Mars. Wannabe by Spice Girls. And I'm pretty sure it's in a late 90s Madonna track. Can you guess which one? Pop onto social media, either Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And let me know if you think you can work it out. Finally, do you know this one? This is the playout of a track called Bouncy Lady by a band called Pleasure. And the beat was sampled by Lenny and Madonna and used in the remix called The Beast Within. Um, for that mix of Justify My Love, basically Madonna read the book of Revelations over this beat with a few excerpts from Justify My Love thrown in as well. Very bizarre track, but brilliant. And in fact, was used on a few of her tours as well. So that's the story about the creation of Justify My Love. Definitely a landmark in Madonna's career. And while she may not have had a huge creative input into this song, it's true to say that it helped to take her career to its next level. And Ingrid may have only got 12.5% of the royalties for this particular track, but that's 12.5% of 117th of Madonna's best-selling album of all time, plus now a credit. And I'm pretty sure that Ingrid doesn't go wanting, waiting, hoping or praying for too much. 
So, what can I tell you about the Immaculate Collection? Well, it was originally titled The Ultimate Collection, and we know this because a release was sent out to Trade, which also gave track listings of the songs in quite a different order, starting with Like a Virgin. Also, only one new track was listed, and it wasn't given a title, but we can assume it was Justify My Love. Presumably, and I wish I knew more, Rescue Me was written and recorded much later. And no doubt the title change happened when some wittily realised it could be a pun on the Immaculate Conception. Uh, the artwork for the album features images shot by photographer Herb Ritz, versions of which have been used on the cover for Keep It Together and in the tour book for Blonde Ambition. And Madonna is wearing a short black wig in some of the shots and in others her hair is its natural colour and length, which dates the session to late November, early December 1989, and pretty much a whole year before the Immaculate Collection was actually released. And the cover is notable for not including an image of Madonna on its front. I've seen some mock-ups of the sleeve where the image of the star that ended up on the rear is front-facing, but I've no idea if that's genuine, but we did at least get that beautiful logo designed by John and Jerry Hyden. And what's particularly notable about the Immaculate Collection, of course, is that each song is remixed from the ground up. Now, these mixes use a 3D spatial audio facility called Q-Sound, which places the individual elements in the mix at various points on a 3D axis. Now, to make that a bit more sense to you, traditional stereo mixes put the elements either left or right or varying degrees in between. Um, but what does 3D mean? Well, if you were to stand in a room with your eyes closed and someone else in the room clapped, you would be able to point to exactly where they are standing. Now, you've only got two ears, so how is that? The truth is that a sound by your left shoulder will hit your left ear before reaching the right ear, just by a fraction of a second. If you factor in volume, your brain is actually calculating very quickly where in the world the sound is coming from. This is something we learn as small children, and Q-Sound uses delays and other dynamics to sort of fake this. The remixes on Immaculate Collection were done by Shep Pettibone, Go Hatoda and Michael Hutchinson. And the Q-Sound effect is, is really quite subtle. I think the song that uses it the most is Vogue. But in order to experience it, you need properly set up and accurately phased speakers and to be in a certain point in your room. But it still works with decent headphones and a little bit of imagination. The mixes on the album are pretty successful and together with the mastering, it's one of the nicest sounding albums ever. The early tracks like Lucky Star and Borderline sound particularly good and totally much nicer than the original releases. Whilst a lot of them are faithful to the originals, there are some minor differences, particularly to the tracks that Shep remixed for the You Can Dance project. While both Like a Pair and Express Yourself are significantly different to the original single mixes, and this is to make them perhaps more like the versions that Madonna performed on Blonde Ambition. Personally, I think the Like a Pair mix doesn't do the original justice. I think what really works on the original version is the bass synth and the bass guitar, and just taking that out of the mix kind of takes away a lot of the, the soul of the song. Um, I think the other thing that Shep overuses a touch in all his mixes is um, the de-esser effect, and you can hear it on Madonna's vocals in Holiday in particular, where it sounds like she's wearing Elton John's false teeth. Um, notable also are the songs that are missing, in particular the UK number one singles, True Blue and Who's That Girl. No doubt that was partly to keep it to a single CD release, but I also feel that these songs aren't particularly favourites of Madonna, so maybe it was her personal choice not to include them. So this is the part in the podcast where we take the multi-track of the song and break it down and listen to it. And there isn't really much to play uh, in Justify My Love. You've already heard the Public Enemy beat, but what about those synth strings? 
This is what they sound like isolated. The only other tracks in Justify My Love are vocal ones, the first being from Lenny Kravitz, his vocalisation that appears in the background. There's two versions of it, one is a kind of test, which doesn't go very far, and then the other is the full track that runs through. I'll play you that now. Next, you have a track of Madonna breathing heavily. Honestly, it goes on for six minutes. If somebody's just walked in on you listening to this, they're going to be wondering what's going on. Um, That goes throughout the whole track. It's very low in the mix. You've probably noticed it. But I think it is there in the final version of Justify My Love. The next bit you've got, of course, is Madonna's spoken vocal. I want to kiss you in Paris. I want to hold your hand in Rome. I want to run naked in a rainstorm. Make love in a train. Cross country. You put this in me, so now what? It's worth noting that Madonna's voice is quite gruff here. That's possibly intentional, but I'm sure the fact that she had been on the road for four months with the Blonde Ambition Tour and singing most nights probably also had an effect on her vocals. But she does sing in part of the song. Here is the moment where she sings. For you to justify my love, my love. My love For you To justify my love My love My love There's also an expletive at one point which I'm going to have to blank out slightly when I play back to you because otherwise it might break the rules of this podcast and I wouldn't want that. Uh, But it's an exchange between Madonna and Lenny Kravitz at the beginning of one of the takes. Come on, baby. You can fuck with me. <laughs> and another outtake here. I'm I'm sure I was, you know, off. So So now what? Well, that's the end of this week's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you learned something as well. The next episode will be another bonus beats edition and it will be an interview with Lucy O'Brien, the author of Like an Icon. I had a really fantastic chat with her and you're going to really enjoy it. She has lots of opinions on Madonna as an artist, but has also spoken to a number of key people, including Nikki Harris, and should be talking about some of those stories when I chat with her. So tune in next episode for that. But for now, I'm going to play you out with the Beast Within mix of just Justify My Love. I mentioned it earlier and I mentioned the sample that's in it. It's also got another sample in it which appears in another Madonna song. Ah, But I'm sure we'll cover that another time. So for now, thank you for listening and here is The Beast Within.
heard a great voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For these things will have passed away. To the thirsty I will give water without price. From the fountain of the water of life. He who conquers shall have this heritage, and I will be his God and he shall be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the polluted, as for the murderers, fornicators, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their lot shall be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. And he said to me, he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy, for the time is near. Let the evildoers still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. Behold, I am coming soon. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Amen. What are you gonna do?